nutritionist, I also had the one size fits all belief that you just need to eat healthy foods that are right for your type. And then you can see how your digestion is, your circulation, your immune system, and you can work with all of that and put it all together into, you know, a great health plan. And that is, that is definitely a long, you, you get a long way by doing that. However, when I was, um, and this was way before I knew about live blood analysis, but I was doing metabolic typing at the time. Our third beautiful daughter was born with what I thought and what everyone else thought was cradle cap, but she didn't have it in her hair. She had it on her cheeks. So this is not a picture of her, by the way, this is just cute baby with big cheeks. Um, but my daughter's whole cheek was full of cradle cap, but the skin there was Cra uh, crumbly, flaky. Um, it didn't hurt her. There was no indication that she was feeling pain when we touched it or when she touched it. She did feel it sometimes. And if she could feel that there were bumps there from all the skin, she would, you know, pull it away. And when she pulled it away, it would sometimes bleed a little bit. Sometimes she would wake up and there were black spots on her skin as well. Sometimes there were bleeding spots. And, you know, I thought it was cradle cap and she was our third child, fourth child, actually, by that time. So, you know, we had had a little cradle cap incident, but nothing on the cheek. So I was like, OK, it's going to go soon. No big deal. Then we started weaning her. Um, and when I was weaning her, I was eating. No, again, at that time, we I think we had introduced fish back into our diet, but we were still eating lots of healthy fruits, vegetables, um, nuts and seeds and, you know, like healthy grains. We were having oats and quinoa. We were having whole grain brown rice a lot as well. Um, so those are the main staples of our diet. So I, you know, the children were healthy. I was feeling healthy, fertile. Everything was good. So when she weaned, we weaned her onto, again, things like oat milk, rice milk, quinoa milk. Um, I made, and these were all milk I made myself from scratch so I could see all the ingredients. She was eating all the fruits and vegetables mashed up, mixed with breast milk, all of that. Everything was fine. Um, but the cheek thing was just getting worse. And she literally had it until she was about eight months old. Um, and I started to feel really conscious. Everyone was recommending me different things for her. Put this on, put that natural thing on, put this cream on, put the other cream on. Um, one of my clients, actually, his, his daughter had eczema. So he recommended that I bathe her in oats. So I was making oat baths and putting oats into like sacks and socks and tights and putting it into the bath. So she was having this milky bath and bathing her face in it and everything nothing was working. And some of the natural things I was doing were making it worse. Then I started to look more at, okay, just because you're a nutritionist, Leah, we've been here before, Leah. <laughs> you don't know everything yet. You, you know, we've done a lot, we're healthy, the soya's out, all that kind of stuff. But have you missed something with this dietary thing? So I started like re-looking at the foods. And what I started seeing was there was a lot of um, links between, uh, so I wasn't bothering to look at like dairy and sugar because we weren't eating any of that. I started looking at the foods we're already eating, which of these foods could be triggering it? I knew it wasn't the fish, it wasn't the fruit, it wasn't the vegetables. Well, I, I, you know, I assumed it wasn't any of those things, but the triggering thing was the grains. So I'm like, oh, bother. <laughs> And it was literally a, oh, geez, kind of situation. And then I was like, let me just try the other things a little bit more because I, I, can't, I can't afford for this to be grains because we eat a lot of grains. We, and they were all healthy grains. But when I 
was like, okay, I, I have to, I have to bite the bullet and accept that grains is probably the most likely thing that's causing this right now because we've changed everything else. So I took grains out of my diet because I was still breastfeeding her and her diet um, is, is so far as the food, the milks and things that, that, that I was giving her, the baby foods I was giving her. So the main thing she was having was rice milk and oat milk and quinoa milk. And I was eating rice milk and oat milk and quinoa and rice and oats and all these kind of things. I took them all out. Literally, we, I must have, it must have been, it was less than five days. In less than five days, her skin went from looking crusty and flaky, black spots, red spots, to looking like this baby's skin right here. I was gobsmacked, absolutely gobsmacked. And I was like, this is amazing. And then a brother had given us a cream and it was a, another one of the creams that we had tried before. But this time I was making the dietary changes and I was putting the cream on because what I'd realized I was doing was mainly symptom management. I was back at it again, just trying to manage the symptom of the skin eruption with the creams I was putting on, the lotions and all this kind of stuff, bathing in the oats. And obviously now I'm looking back at it, bathing in oats was making it even worse because even though it wasn't coming in, in through the digestion, her heightened sensitivity to it was making it even worse. And then, and then I looked back, that was one of the things, putting that on her was making it even worse. Um, so I pulled it all out, skin got better. We were healing from the outside, healing from the inside. Um, and then we had to go to London because we were living away from London. We had to go back to London and I stayed at my mum's for the weekend. And I realized I hadn't taken, um, all the alternative stuff that I would normally, I was feeding her. So I just got her some rice milk and I put the rice milk on a bottle and warmed it up just as I was before. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. I gave her the rice milk within a couple of hours. I could see she was scratching her cheeks. I was like, right, this is, <laughs> that was a, that was some very quick feedback right then. The next day I could see her face was dry. It wasn't all completely inflamed like it was before, but her cheek was dry. So I was like, okay, um, this is a big deal. So then we removed grains from our whole diet um, and everyone's lots of little symptoms that I started seeing in the children started alleviating themselves. So even though, you know, metabolic typing is useful, and learning things from that perspective are useful and eating healthy foods is always going to be the best idea over processed foods. You can still have intolerances to things that are going to create triggers. Now, what happens when you, when you eat a food that you're intolerant to is that your body will have an immune response. So when we eat food and you put it in your mouth, you and you start chewing up and the moment you start putting food into your mouth in fact sometimes the moment you smell food particles of that food are entering your body and they are being recognized by your immune system that's why there are some people who are sensitive to peanuts and they cannot be in a restaurant where peanuts are being cooked they can't be at a table with other people who are eating food that has got peanuts in it because they, those particles will get into their body and their immune system will be triggered almost immediately and create an immune response. So when you do consume foods or eat foods that you're intolerant to, your body will recognize those foods and create an immune response. So you have these little particles in your immune system, in your blood, in your body called immunoglobulins. 
And there are four different types of immunoglobulins. You've got the IgG1 is the short way of saying it. IgG1, 2, 3, and 4. Now, IgG1 makes up about 60% of these immunoglobulins that are in your bloodstream moving around waiting to see if they can detect anything that's not meant to be there, gobble it up, get rid of it, just like your white blood cells. Or when they recognize something is in your body that is it's sensitive to, it will trigger an immune response, normally some form of inflammation that lets you um, repair from the damage that that sensitive food has created in you. So IgG1 makes up something like 60% of the immunoglobulins that are in your body. And then IgG2 makes up about 10%, sorry, about 20%. Um, IgG3 makes up about, I think, 15% almost. IgG4 makes up a very, very small percentage. It makes up like 1% to 4% of the whole immune response that you have in your body. So one of the things that you can you know, one, one of the kind of courses of action when you think you might be intolerant to something, like what we did is what anyone can do. What we did is we, through a process of kind of looking at our diet, looking at the things that were in there, we chose to remove a food, we saw it got good results and we kept it out for a long period of time. And now it only comes back in kind of periodically, maybe three or four times a week at maximum now. And that's because the children are all a lot stronger. Um, but yeah, we, we, and anyone can do that. But if you are feeling like you're getting symptoms of an intolerance, but you're not sure what they are, one of the things you can do is to just, um, go and get a blood test. And what a lot of the blood testing services will offer is they will see, they will take your blood and see if it reacts with different foods and to see which antibodies are released. Is it IgG1, 2, or 3? Because IgG4 makes up such a small amount of the immune response, it's very often not included in the testing that is regularly out there. So you've got lots of tests out there that test for IgG1 to 3, because those are the ones that are going to create the biggest um, kind of symptoms. And the symptoms that you get when you are have a food intolerance, and I'm going to use the word intolerance and sensitivity um, kind of interchangeably. And the, the way that an intolerance or a sensitivity differs from an allergy is an intolerance or a sensitivity shows up in lots of humans. Lots of people have intolerances to different foods and sensitivities to different foods, but only a much smaller amount have an allergy. And when you have a true allergy, true allergies can be life-threatening. Whereas intolerances can just be very, very, very inconvenient, but they can, but, but now it's being realized that when, and what can happen is because when you, you have an, an allergy, an allergic response is a lot bigger, it's a lot more kind of uh, impactful. So you're more likely to stay away from that food because the intolerance or sensitivity reactions are a lot less impactful. It can sometimes mean you will just tolerate that small, inconvenient, irritating um, reaction for years for decades, not realizing what's causing it, but that continual, it's like the tiny drop of water. We went to, I took my children to uh, visit a cave. Like we went under the ground and went to a cave in Buxton in up in the North of England. 
And when we go through this cave, it's got the like the, the river of water. Um, and there, you know, there's a guide that's taking us through. And he literally showed us a hole in the, the rock that was caused simply by a drop of water, a small leak in the cavern above that was dropping continually for years onto the floor that had made a big hole in the floor. So when you have food intolerances and you're eating foods that your that your body is intolerant to, and it's it's triggering these immune responses, it's triggering the release of or stimulating IgG one, two, and three continually. You may not even ever notice it, but it's it's having a continual impact. It's continually um, affecting your health and declining your health and draining your resources and making you more tired, using up your nutrients, using up your water is constantly doing that. So the symptoms that you get when you're eating foods that you're intolerant to is you get digestive issues. You get bloating, constipation, diarrhea, IBS, gas, stomach pains, cramps, discomfort. You get skin issues, just like my daughter did, rashes, hives, dry skin. But you can also get things like a runny nose, migraines, malaise, tiredness, joint pains, anxiety, ovulation, and period pains. All of these things can be a result of having a food intolerance. And the reason why IBS is in red is because it's one example of a condition that's more of a syndrome. So a syndrome is the name of a collection of different symptoms that you all get at the same time when you're suffering from a particular condition. So IBS can lead to things like anxiety and ovulation and period pains, as much as it's more commonly linked to the bloating, constipation and diarrhea and the stomach cramps and the pains that it comes with as well. So all, and how many people have constipation, diarrhea, gas, stomach pains, skin issues, migraines, joint pains, and they have no idea that it's got anything to do with food intolerances. So they keep on eating the foods that are causing it. And then they just take things that manage the symptoms of all of those things. And that's when you end up in a, a mad, crazy cycle of I'm trying all of these things. I'm taking the pharmaceuticals, taking the medications. Nothing's working. I'm still getting the pains. And that's because you're continually taking the things that are causing those symptoms. And you're just trying to stub out the symptoms. Or what happens is you are you are one of the lucky ones that can successfully manage the symptoms by taking the the you know the, the pharmaceuticals but the moment you stop taking those pharmaceuticals the symptoms flare up again because the cause of the symptoms was never dealt with so igg 1 2 and 3 have the ability to trigger a inflammation type response so when you do have you know all these big symptoms it's kind of easier to recognize because they've got this inflammation type response. Um, so when you have the testings, when you do decide to go and get a test and they test for um, IgG, sorry, when they test for IgG one, two, and three, when they're only testing for those, then it will help you to identify the foods that are causing the big inflama inflammatory reactions. But unless your test also picks up IgG4, you, you may continue to eat something that doesn't give you any of these symptoms at all, um, or they don't give you these symptoms on a level that's high enough for you to, to like see them, but they're still causing problems and your immune system is still getting triggered and stimulated continually. And when your immune system is continually getting triggered, 
that can be what causes your immune system to start kind of malfunctioning as they call it. And that is what will create autoimmune diseases. And that's why there's now so much research being done on helping people to identify the IgG4 triggering foods in their diet to help address the autoimmune crisis that we're being faced with now. Because everything from arthritis to asthma, to loads of other conditions, multiple sclerosis, fibromyalgia, which is kind of catch-all term. If you get if you get diagnosed with fibromyalgia, it can it can sometimes be another way of saying we don't exactly know what's wrong with you, but we know you get constant pain and you're constantly tired. So we're going to give you a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, and that basically is a, a warning sign for all other doctors and any other health practitioner that comes in contact with you that this person we don't know what's wrong with them but they're gonna keep on saying that they're tired and they're in pain. So we basically need to just give them things that can in some way help their energy and help their pain. But we're we don't really have any plan of ever finding out exactly what's causing any of it. So when you do ever find a, um, a food allergy test, make sure that it's covering all of the um, IgGs from IgG1 to IgG4. So the different ways that you can identify intolerances on food intolerance is, is through an elimination diet. Now, this is a very widespread way of doing it. And you do what we did. And it worked really well for us um, with at the time with my daughter. So an elimination diet is you identify or you work out or you kind of do some guesswork because a lot of us can already kind of um, recognize, a lot of us already kind of know this when I have this food, it makes me feel bad. I kind of know I shouldn't be having that kind of know I shouldn't be having that. You can then remove these foods from your diet for a certain amount of time. They normally recommend three weeks. So you remove these foods from your diet for three weeks and then you reintroduce them and see if you get any symptoms. If you get any symptoms, that means you need to keep that food out of your diet. If you don't get any symptoms, it could mean that that wasn't the food that was causing you the problem. So then you try another food and you try another food and you try another food. So it's a very kind of crude um, to the point way of, you know, finding out. And if you do that, it will be useful because you will absolutely get to see this food is giving me reaction um, and I've removed it for a long period of time and it's not. Um, and now it's not giving me a reaction, for example, but it does take time and you could be eliminating foods that you don't really need to because that guesswork can sometimes not be 100% accurate. The other thing you can do is pulse testing. Now, when I'm working with clients, pulse testing is something that I um, show you how to do and the basics of that. And you can go do more research into this if you want to. If you're joining the book club with us, in fact, pulse testing is one of the things that I show you how to do. Um, so the, the Becoming Naturally You book club that's going to be starting on the 30th of July. And you can find out more about that at the naturallyyoucoach.com forward slash events. So I actually teach you how to do pulse testing. Also, if you do the, the um, personalized diet planning with me, if you do the, the, um, the four week program with me, I also do pulse testing with you there as well. Um, and that's basically where you take your pulse, 
you eat a food and then you take your pulse afterwards. And if your pulse has gone up or down by more than four beats per minute, it's an indication that your body is reacting to that food in some way. Now, we don't know if that is a, <laughs> I know sometimes that that change can be the anxiety of, oh my gosh, I hope my blood pressure doesn't, my my pulse doesn't go up or down because I really don't want to stop eating this food. Um, but it's, and we also don't, we, we don't know exactly uh, if it's Ig one, two, three, or four, that's creating that change. It could be an allergy response, um, but it's it, it does again. It's like an elimination diet. It does give you some Im information um, that you can definitely work with. And the other way of identifying a food intolerance is obviously through blood testing. So one of the services that we are literally launching today is premium food intolerance testing. I had my um, food intolerance testing done, and I'm actually going to show you my results. So I'm working with a lab um, and the four-step process that you can do to find out the foods that you are having an immune response to that could be the, the, the reason why you're getting a lot of the symptoms that you're experiencing now um, is that a test is sent out to you. So we post a test out to you and the kit arrives at your house. Use, use a simple finger prick to collect two or three drops of blood and you post it all back to us and the whole kit comes with everything that you need. Um, the results come in a really easy traffic light system. So it comes with like red if you've got a high reactivity, yellow if you've got borderline and green if there's low or no reactivity. And then after you've got those results back, then we will have a 30 minute consultation so that I can explain the results to you and show you how you can incorporate them into your life. And you also get 30 days of premium email support. So um, at the moment, I normally aim to get back to most people that I get emails from or messages from within 48 to 72 hours. When you've got this premium email support, then I aim to get back to you within 30 days, uh, sorry, within uh, 24 hours just to help you along the, the process. Now, with this testing, I we actually get to test you for 200 foods and food mixes. So these are the foods that we can um, use those two or three drops of blood to see whether you have an immune response to them. And that is immune response for IgG one, two, three, and four. It's a very stable um, testing mechanism. The little wand, there's a little kind of um, cotton wool wand that when you've pricked your finger and take the blood, you literally just hold the your finger to fill up a tiny little um, piece of cotton wool. And then you put that into a tube and you post it off. And that is a specially designed wand that keeps that blood in a good state for up to 30 days. Um, and then it's, I'm using a lab that's like got over 40 years of experience doing these testings. Um, and the results are just so easy to read and so easy to use. And there's a lot of support that they give you as well around how you can use, how you can find alternatives to the things that you um, may come up as being sensitive to. Now, these are actually my results. So I've only come up as being highly reactive to three foods, cow's milk, yeast, nutmeg, and peppercorn. Now my Grenadian genes don't really like <laughs> the, the assertion that I'm highly reactive to nutmeg, but that's that's what my blood is saying. My blood is 
is having a reaction it's creating that response to these foods um the other ones i'm having reactions to which i was really annoyed about was egg whites garlic i love garlic wheat egg yolks love eggs generally <laughs> um gluten peanuts and sheep's milk now the really amazing thing about this testing is even if you don't typically have something, it can still see if you've got a reaction to it. So I, I don't know anything that I have that's got sheep's milk in it, but it's picked up that my body is reacting to it when it was exposed to the sheep's milk. Um, if you haven't had, but there are also definitely things that you may come up as being unreactive to because you, you, because you have never had it. So if you were to introduce something that you never have before, then um you you know it, it may come up as being green right now because you absolutely never have it it may come up as being green because you are not sensitive to it at all um but if you don't eat something don't reintroduce it back into your diet just because it's come up as being green um so yeah these are my results um and yeah <laughs> really annoyed about the the, the garlic thing because i absolutely i literally put garlic in everything i love garlic so much um so we don't need to guess anymore we can start assessing personalized diet planning helps you recognize the signals your body's giving you and understands the balance of nutrients that works best for your body live blood analysis shows the indications of how your body's systems are functioning so that you can get more specific diet supplement and lifestyle recommendations and the premium foods intolerance testing helps determine which of the 200 most commonly triggering foods and drinks you could be sensitive to so you can identify the foods that your body is having an inflammatory draining immune response to so that you can remove them and allow your body to heal and replenish and re-energize so doing any one of these ways of assessing or all three of them can give you more and more and more information about your body so that you can take your health into your own hands as in a way that you maybe have never been able to before and maybe you didn't even think was possible before so personalized diet planning as well as the live blood analysis as well as the um, premium food testing allows you to begin to know yourself so